With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Living a Legacy on the Neil Haley Network. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Eric Couch, the host. Eric, I am excited to chat with you today. I know. This is a great one. We're going to have fun. <laughs> awesome. I know that you're such a huge fan of his. And uh, he, he's been in so many different shows and different things. But you are a fan, fan, fan of one show. What's that show, Eric? Alias. Yeah. Alias. So today we're talking to actor Kevin Weissman, which, which in my world means Marshall Flinkman. Uh, from Alias and Kevin, man, I am I'm a huge fanboy and welcome to the show. We're super excited to have you join us. Thanks, buddy. It's funny I can always tell by the age of the and don't take this the wrong way the <laughs> age of the fan which show and or film that person will reference. I had a feeling it was going to be Alias for you or maybe Clerks too. You seem like a Kevin Smith fan. I, I, I could be, yeah. <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> no, I'm a absolutely. close fan too, for sure, yeah. Yes. Well, well and, it's, and it's just interesting. Someone who will approach me, I, I generally, I can kind of suss out the uh, what they'll <laughs> reference. It's just a little game I play with myself. Uh, but I love meeting people and I, I love what I do. So I feel very, very fortunate. Well, and you've, you've made such, you know, you bring characters to life. Right. And you have a lot of fun with it. It's, it's wildly obvious that you love what you're doing. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the very, literally the very first show I ever Netflix binged. And uh, in fact, this may have been pre Netflix. It may have been like recorded off something, but sure. um, my wife and I were, were married. It was, it was probably 2002 or three. Mm -hmm. um, and we watched the entire season I think in a night, you know, my college roommates, like Eric, you got to watch this show. We, we, of, we had headed Alias. over to Steve's house and he had, yeah. he had the entire first season of Alias. And oh, yeah. Was it, that was pre Netflix. You were going DVD, my friend. It, it, it had to have been. It must it have been. been. Yeah. There yeah. was no Netflix. So, so Steve's got the whole season and uh, he's like, we've got to watch this. So, so, and I don't think we started until like 10 o'clock at night. And it was four or five in the morning before we finished watching. And, and we were like, play the next one, play the next one, play the next one. This is great. Um, Can we bring Steve out? Is Steve here? Where's Steve? Oh, he's going to be, he's going to be ticked. I told him, I told him I was interviewing you and he was like, oh, seriously, come on, bro. Bring me on. Um, uh, it's, well, it's funny you say that because I've got Steve here. Steve? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. He, he seems to know everybody. Um, but yeah, you know, there's, there's so many, like you were in, you were all the way through the series, right? You were SD six all the way to CIA to, mm -hmm. um, I mean the whole thing from, from beginning to end. APO, APO, that yeah. was the third. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, SD six CIA and then APO authorized personnel only. That was the last, uh, season and a half. Um, yeah when uh, we, they brought in some new characters, Balthazar Getty and Rachel Nichols. Yes, I was one of the fortunate ones. I, I was able to make it all the way through. I, 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 I like to, to say I, I lasted longer than Bradley Cooper. Um, you know, he's doing okay right now, but he's doing uh, all right. <laughs> I think he's fine. Uh, but um, he's a great guy. And, and yeah. it wasn't any slight to his performance. It was just that, that storyline with Bradley and Marin Dungey, the first two seasons, Mm -hmm. where Sydney was, you know, living a double life, uh, a double agent for the CIA. And then also, um, or what she thought was the CIA, but also her personal life. 
which included Bradley Cooper's character, Marin Dungey's character, Will and Francie. I can't believe I remember all this. Uh, Will and Francie. And so that, that whole kind of personal life story came to an end. But since I worked for what I also thought was the CIA, right. <clears throat> which was actually a branch of, of this, you know, what I thought was a branch of the CIA, but was SD6, this kind of, you know, underground black ops organization. Um, I, I made it all the way through. I was brought to the CIA, then I was brought to APO. So I was one of the few characters. It was Jennifer Garner, Victor Garber, Ron yeah. Rifkin, Carl Lumley, and myself. We were the only ones who were in the entire series. So I, I, was, I was one of the five, the fabulous five. <laughs> but if you're looking at if you're looking at most quotable lines, you know, uh, you know, we I, I'm not going to lie. Look, we all started it to see Jennifer Garner. Right. Sure. Um, as well, you should have as as well. We should have. <laughs> if you tuned in um, for me, I would be concerned. Yeah. But, you know, I snuck up on you. That was the you did. Came you did the side hatch. Yes, I'm dying. I mean, there's still like <laughs> lines that I didn't have to look up that I still remembered that we played for years after Alias, oh, man. you know. The, the whole, uh, what was it? Some about karate. It's martial art, martial oh, art, martial oh, wow. art. Get it? <laughs> I don't even remember lines. that one, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember like, I don't even remember when I said that, but I remember like super swank and uh, my mind that you hear that sound is sound of my mind blowing and no, it's crazy, man. I, I was, uh, I don't want to say I was kind of the, the, the original, I mean, maybe Q in the James Bond series was kind of the original gadget guy, but I, but I think yeah. I definitely created something for television that was often, you know, exactly. duplicated, but maybe never replicated. Um, yeah, so yeah. I do take so, pride in that, yeah. that I was yeah, so able Kevin, to kind of create something. You know, Kevin, when I was thinking about specifically a successful show like that, where Eric, you know, talks about it all the time, when you auditioned, did you think it was going to be that good? Especially, yeah. Uh, you know, I had met J.J. Abrams on Felicity. I did a few episodes of Felicity, and um, which that. was another one of his shows. Yeah, right. And uh, uh, with Carrie Russell, and I, I did like three or four episodes where I played Amanda Foreman's boyfriend. Amanda was was Carrie uh, Carrie's character, Felicity's friend. And I remember I went in to meet with him on this, and I read the script, and I thought it was incredible, of course. But I've read a lot of great scripts where they don't quite you know come to fruition but i knew that jj was unbelievably talented and you know would hire a great group of people and then once i met jennifer and i heard victor garber was doing it i was a big fan of his in yeah. the theater i was a you know I'm, I'm from the theater and i studied theater in new york and i was were i was studying at a place called circle in the square and couldn't afford even to go to the theater and i i saw ron rifkin and victor in a play by ushering in the theater that was back then how you could see theater for free you could yeah. usher pass out yeah. programs and then they'd let you stand in the back and watch the show i don't think they let you do it anymore but <laughs> that was the way that young actors got to see theater and i got to see ron rifkin who played sloan and victor garber who played you know jack Bristow. right and right i told them i was like you i, I saw you guys in the theater and I, I i'm so excited to work with you and so i knew that the cast was stellar but then i remember to answer your question neil once we my agent and I went and saw the pilot. Uh, uh, there was a, you know, a party where they had a screening where they had, they showed the pilot and he turned to me afterwards. He's like, that was really good. This is going to be huge. I was like, really? Yeah. You think so? I, I mean, it was good, right? It was good. I just couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah. JJ shot like a movie. And if you go back and watch the series, it was shot on 35 millimeter. So it, it's got a cinematic scope to it. Mm -hmm which you know not to knock hd they've really figured that out now with great cinema great uh, um uh lighting uh cinematographers and, and and lighting technicians but it really has a cinematic feel to it in my opinion and i think mm -hmm. that helped and then obviously jennifer's oh, it did. performance you know jennifer was unbelievable i mean it's really it's really the whole show you know hinges on her i mean i thank you for all the <laughs> the kind words but it really was about her incredible work and her dedication and she was in the, i've never seen it in all my years 25 years now i've never seen someone that was so dedicated to her her performance i mean she would get up at four in the morning work out then get to work wow. then put in like these insane 16 hour days then go home and do it all over again 
you know, it, wow. it was awe-inspiring. I mean, the woman is unbelievable. So it, it, I tip my hat to her, really. Well, and when you, you know, I agree completely on, you know, that the, the show came off way different than most shows that you watched, right? Um, wow. Because of using a 35 millimeter, because of it having that feeling like a movie when you're watching it. But then, you know, the, the way that, that JJ brought in the sets and, and all the, you know, the way that it was all put together, right? It yeah. felt more like watching a movie each week than it did watching a TV show. And it kind of took, I agree. it kind of took TV to another level. Um, it was also the beginning, uh, you know, based on what you said, what you said of, of this kind of um, idea of a continual narrative, you know, continuation narrative. Prior to that, we had great shows like NYPD Blue or Law and Order, or, but they, they were all kind of cases of the week with some, over right. overall arc but this show like you had to see the previous episode and the networks were worried about that like well yeah how is someone just gonna pop in and you know watch our advertisements <laughs> how do we make money how do people see it and the show was never like a ratings bonanza we did fine but i think yeah. it was we had enough great fans like yourself uh that that saw the show to keep it on the air for five years um but I think it was a challenge for the network to figure out, hey, how do we market something that you can't just, I mean, you could, but it, you're going to be confused if you just, uh, if you just pop in, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Did you know that J.J. Abrams, even before we work with him, his greatness and how he continues as working with J.J.? What would you say? And definitely in that evolution process with him as I mean, he was always just really cared about story. And I know I've, I've, I'm, I'm still friendly with him. You know, I mean, he's very busy, uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we all are. But, uh, and right now, you know, no one's seeing anybody. But, um, uh, you know, due to the pandemic. But the, uh, the, the writers that he hired, I'm, I've worked with many of them throughout the years after Alias. And they all told me that his writer's room was, you know, he he cracked the whip in in a very you know supportive friendly kind jj way but like he he really wanted those stories to be incredible and it all starts with the writing right it, you know i mean the actors are great you know on the show but like if you don't have good writing then it doesn't matter how good the actors are and it was incredible storytelling um it's not easy to write you know, nowadays when you watch a show, like I was just watching um, Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Yeah, and yeah. Great show. But it's like seven episodes. So it's like, you know, seven one-hour stories. Those guys had to write, and, and it's incredible, I recommend it, but those guys had to write 22, 42-minute uh, right. episodes. It's hard, you know. Yeah. And JJ really ran that room, you know, so incredibly uh, proficient and intelligently that the writer's room that is that I, I'm not surprised that he's gone on to do so incredibly well, you know? Yeah. In his career. And it's incredible. So I want to, I want to talk about some of the other shows you've been in, but, but before we do that, yeah. uh, I, I want to talk about some, some favorite scenes, but like you were in, you know, of course, know. Alias, which we're talking about remember. now, Scorpion, yes. Blacklist, yeah. all kinds of shows, but, before we get into some of those, what what were your some of your kind of favorite moments or, or favorite actors to to work with over the years? Uh, show or in general? Well, let's start with the let's start with the show and then we can go. Alias? Yeah, let's start with Alias and then we can we can branch out. Sorry. Um, I I, I would say uh, you know working with uh, Victor Garber was a real thrill for me. He is yeah. an incredible actor, kind kind man, and I learned a lot on that show just about how you know showing up, being prepared, um, and you can tell it's usually the people that come from the theater that really are ready to go. You know when the, when when the director says action, people like Ron Rifkin and played Sloan and Victor, but we had incredible guest stars, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he was awesome. I even pitched him like an idea for a film 
he he didn't seem that excited but uh you know like i, I cornered him i was like all right i got a great idea and uh, he was like yeah man yeah but uh he was cool and we had like faye dunaway you know legendary uh bonnie and clyde i mean she came yeah. on ethan she Hawk. was like the boss right yeah she came in uh, during the sd6 season two she was the yeah. boss and uh uh ethan hawk and uh mm-hmm. Roger Moore, you know, uh, James Bond uh, was on the show. Like, we had incredible guest stars. Uh, that uh, Lena Olin, who played her mom, she was incredible. Yeah. Um, more recently, uh, just to branch out, I got to work with Billy Bob Thornton on Goliath, the first season yeah. of Goliath. And dude, that guy, I mean, what a pro, the most relaxed actor. And he's <laughs> like, he's right there with you, you know. As it as it happens, and when you're filming, you you have your coverage where the camera's on you, and then sometimes right. it's like a two shot where you're both in this shot, and then a lot of times, and then they would turn it around on the other actor, and he was so present during uh, the other actor's coverage, like my coverage. I mean, so such a professional that guy. Yeah. I, I looked a lot and so relaxed and cool, and um, I had a great great time and it was a very intense character that i was playing this agoraphobic um whistleblower afraid for his life so it was was high stakes it was intense but he was he was so supportive and right there for me and um i loved working with him yeah and um elias gabel on scorpion who's the lead on scorpion Mm -hmm. became a great friend of mine great actor loved working with him um you know, uh, I, I, Stephen Merchant on Hello Ladies, the great Stephen Merchant, uh, comic genius. Uh, Ricky Gervais came in on Alias, comic genius. Just guys who I yeah 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 admire, and you just you just psych that you're God. I can't believe I'm working with these great guys, and you just right. You know, you bring your A game. They got their A game. Everyone's bringing their A game. It's fun, man. I'm sure you remember Neil in the wrestling days. Oh, see, you know, I knew right? you bring that up again, Kevin. Different <laughs> people. The Rock wore my knee pads when uh, he forgot him in Memphis when he was still just Rocky Maivia working uh, at USWA, and I was doing TV. Came up to me, you know, just working with just the greats in the '80s of wrestling: King Kong Bundy, Jake oh, the Snake wow, Roberts, yeah, all that. My, that's my era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Bushwhackers. I'm sure I watched. What was your what was your character name? Oh, different names. Big Neil, the real deal, Giant Warrior, Leviathan, into Big Butch Bronson. It just depended where and what town or what area. I'm a built, I'm a legitimate 6'10, so I was playing a seven footer that had wow. a, a little more weight on me than now. Maybe not. Maybe I'm a, the pandemic's put back the weight that I had in wrestling. Not, <laughs> the but, pandemic but, 15. You know, the pandemic <laughs> 25, I think. But uh, well, you you're know, 610. You know, you're, you're not. <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I agree. And I think that you can talk about that. I think what made you has made you a successful actor is you talked about those greats that you worked with side by side. You have yeah. a respect factor for them that's important as an actor, right? But not an awe factor. A more of yeah. I am a you know a colleague, but yeah. I respect colleague. you. But I'm going to really yeah. learn from you, and I'm sure directors and producers love that about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to like you know uh, you know I know that wrestling is partially scripted, but you got to do it. It's not like you still have to show up and do it, and right. you have to improvise, and you have to things go 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 left or right, and you have to kind of roll with it. And you know I'm really. I don't have any real fear about that. I'm just like, hey, you know, at the end of the day, what are we doing? We're just, it's just, we're just telling stories. We're just trying to entertain. So I'm not, I I don't lead at all with fear, you know, like I'm not afraid to, to make a mistake. You know, there's no mistake. You just commit to it. You know what I mean? Like I tell young actors that all the time, like, you know, make a choice and just go for it. It may not be the right choice. It may not work, but who cares? Like you're committing to something and you can right. and the, the director will say, that was great, great choice. I just don't think he's as angry here, you know, cause I always say like, I have the tools and I know you do too, Neil, to, to make, to execute. Oh, you want angry here? Mm-hmm. I'm going to execute. Yes. Here you go. Might not be the right choice there. The character in the scope of the story may not be as angry as I thought he was. So I don't have an ego if the director says, oh, hey, I don't think he's that angry. Oh, you're right. Let me look at the story here. Why would he? He's not so angry. Maybe he's just, uh, uh, you know, slightly perturbed. 
let's dial it down. Let's do another one, but let's commit to slightly perturbed. Right. You know what I mean? And so, so it's, 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 it's erasing the idea of, oh, am I doing this wrong? There's no wrong if you're just like, if you're honest. I mean, Lawrence Olivier, I just read his book and he, he's like, look, there's no, you can never be too big, right? If you're, if you're just, if you're grounded, if you're honest about it, you know, and it's the same yeah. thing when I watch wrestling, I'm like, I know it's a show, but like, you know, this guy, this guy seems committed to what he's doing. And I think that's why we like the rock, you know, it's like, right. he seems genuine, you know, like right. as an actor, it's like, I believe what you're doing. I believe it. So, you know, you, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you my $15 and see your movie. You know what I mean? Or right now I'll stream it for six, but you know, <laughs> in these days, but you know what I mean? Like it's just about committing and not being afraid. So when you say uh, working with these great people, yeah, you can't, you can't um, be afraid just because they've had a great career. You have to, under, you have to go lead with it. Like, well, Hey, I, I deserve to be here. So Right. I mean, there's obviously some insecurity. We all have it, but like you have to just put that aside and just go for it. Great you know? point. Well, and you because what's going to happen? What's going to? You already got the job, and what are they going to fire you? And so they fire you. You know what I mean? As long as they don't fire me for like being a you know a jerk or like showing up late. If you're firing me because you didn't like what I did, then hey, well, whatever. What am I going to do? Yeah. Maybe in wrestling, you can kind of be a jerk and get away with it. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's about the same thing. It depends if you're in the office. So the days of right. wrestling in the old time was you were friends with the booker. You were right. friends with the promoter. You can right. get away with a lot more than if you were coming into that area to work a program with somebody, then you'd leave. The way the mm -hmm. territories worked in pro wrestling before I was part of it, meaning before they Vince really just took over everything, you go from Memphis for a little run, then you go down to Texas, then you go from Texas to California, and then you go to the East, and you would never be in the same place for a long time unless you were the family, and then that was your mainstay that area. So right. Wrestling today, if you're friends with Triple H, you're, but that's the same thing in acting. There's no differences in that way. It's who you know, and if you have the connections and you're talented enough, you're going to end up going anywhere you want. And also, there are a lot of talented people. I mean, uh, you know, in wrestling as well. Like, but you, you, you know, someone's going to look at two actors and say, "Oh, I've worked with this guy. He's great. But he's kind of a jerk." But I've worked with this guy. He's great. And he's pretty cool. Like, you don't have to be best friends with everyone. Just like be cool. Right. You yeah. know, like respect the situation. Like, it's very costly to make television films put on a show i hear this about comedians too like you know bookers don't want to hire guys who are going to just turn stuff upside down for right. no reason right i mean it's common sense but some people don't get it you know and uh sometimes they slip through the cracks but for the most part those people kind of drift away because it's a at the end of the day it's business you know and if you're going to be that difficult to work with it's going to be challenging for you to, to continue to work. I think um, so Kevin, again, like you don't have to be the great, you don't have to fake it and be like, like, Hey, you know, we're best friends. Just like respectful, respect everybody's job. Exactly. So talking about craziness and stuff now, yeah. one of the, one of the things that, that I've, I've heard about is, you know, actors in their contracts sometimes will have, you know, I I've got to have the, the, the room's got to be this degree and, and this. So, you know, talking about, you know, I've got to have a, a white lion sitting outside of my wardrobe and, um, you know, have, have, is that, does that still exist? And have you seen some wild? Requests? I don't know. I think those days are over, man. Uh, <laughs> not really. I mean, yes, on a certain level that I don't really kind of, see that often maybe you know but the kind of days of that like behavior i think has subsided a bit um you know i think what i see more is just when you have like a celebrity doing television they're more maybe concerned about the script and maybe they don't want to yep. move forward if the if the writing isn't good and they'll throw a bit of a tantrum about that yeah, uh, I haven't seen too much about, you know, why are there you no, know, why are there brown M&Ms in my bowl? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, cool. it, it happens, I'm sure, yeah. behind yeah. the scenes. But, um, 
you know, television, which I've, which I've done a lot of moves pretty fast and, and you can't, you gotta be ready to go. You know, you're shooting eight pages a day and right. you have to kind of understand contextually what it is. And yeah. I've seen some movie people, I'm not going to name any names, but like show up and they're just not ready for it. You know, they're, they're not coming out of their trailer or yes, they want some special provisions or whatever it is. And it's kind of like, Hey, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll back up the, the, the Brinks truck for, for actors to work on stuff. But once you show up, you got to do it. Like there's no, they can't, we can't wait three hours for an actor exactly. right. on a TV show. It's just not feasible. You know, it's millions yeah. of dollars. And maybe not- like old school movies or like movie stars, which I'm not, you know, so it's like, you know, maybe, but if I'm like, I'm just going to kick it for three hours. They're like, really? Then I'm going to get a call from my agent. Like, dude, get to work. <laughs> Yeah, come on, bro. You're gonna lose the job. They're gonna fire you. So it's yeah. like you know, I don't, I don't have that luxury. Maybe some people do. It's just I'm not. It's, I'm not in that camp. Well, but again, again, TV's more of a fast pace, like you're saying, eight pages yeah. a day. You know, yeah. maybe I, not I always talking, that much when you have stunts and stuff like that. Maybe four yeah. pages, but like if it's just dialogue, yeah, you're you're you to, to, to shoot an hour show. Um, you know, you it's like eight or nine days. So it's like, you're almost like you're shooting a mo- like a little movie, you know, you're just like, come on, we got to go. And, you know, I mean, it, you take time shooting this stuff, but, but yeah. you, you know, you got to be ready to go. You know, you got to learn your lines at home, show up, know your stuff and uh, be ready to rock, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I, I loved your, I loved your comment about just committing, right? Cause that yeah. impacts any, anything that you're doing. The, the difference between someone who's going to get the job and the person who isn't is, is just committing to it. Um, we were, we were, so, so a little bit of back, my background is I'm, I'm a professionally trained singer. And unfortunately nice. they, they made me sing like opera in college cause that's all they teach. Right. So, so I was, I was with a group of, of CEOs and we were working on writing a book and stuff about a month ago in Acapulco. And we walk into this beautiful church and they're like, Eric, sing. So I, I start singing uh, Nessun Dorma, right? Uh, Pavarotti. But, but they said, okay, I want you to do something different. I want you to make up every single word. You know, it's going to be in Italian, but make up every word. And I was like, okay. And the whole point was being, dude, nobody knows if you mess up. Unless you tell them, like they don't know. And if there's somebody in the room that does know, a lot of the time they're like, Holy shit, dude. That was awesome. Like yeah. you, you completely flubbed the whole thing and nobody knew except me because I know what the words were supposed to be, but everybody else, like you just, you presented it. And, and that's, that's what you've got to do regardless, you know, uh, the sign of a professional, exactly what you said, commit. Um, yes. I think that, uh, you know, like uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know if I would say known for, but um, one of my strengths, one of my strengths uh, is being able to improvise within uh, scripted dialogue. I have made a career out of, you know, improvising, but it's not about just kind of saying whatever it's improvising within the context of the scene. So I've never had anyone tell me stop doing that, you know, in terms of director, like you were saying about singing, no one, no one's following along at at home and and reading the original text. Now, will the writers sometimes uh, bristle? Yes, but only if you're trying to kind of rewrite narrative. If I'm just kind of making it sound, I'm just opening it up a little within the context of my character. Like with Marshall on Alias, I added a a bunch of stuff. And JJ kind of said to me, look, I'm going to let you improvise because the character's a little bit underwritten. It's Uh really just kind of uh, tech-based at first. Right. So do your thing because you're a funny guy and you're obviously spending a lot of time on it. And and, uh you know, we can always cut around it. And a lot of stuff I did didn't make it into the, to the final, you know, shows, but he was like, just don't tell the other actors because their stuff wasn't really uh, kind of built for that sort of improvisation. Right. And, you know, it always just, it, then once the writer, the great writers that worked on that show, Alex Kurtzman and Bob Orsi went on to produ- create a million shows and, um, uh, 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 
Drew Goddard and just incredible, incredible uh, people. They kind of saw what I was doing and then they wrote uh, to what I was doing. So they started kind of writing improvisations that I was doing. Do you know what I mean? So I had to kind of do less improv because I kind of figured it was kind of a, uh, a meeting between writers and actors you know like hey this is what i'm thinking of this guy that's great we're going to take it and run with it because we're professional writers you know what i mean so i respected them they respected me it was like we're all it's a collaboration it's a collaboration so um i was working on the show with jason and i was playing this cop and uh i was i'm pointing the gun at jason's character and he tells me something he knows my password for something i'm like no no you're you're lying you're lying and then i kind of like I kind of jumbled the line you're lying and then I just yelled I just said it again in frustration you know I didn't stop I just was like you're lying you're lying and uh thinking like ah oh, they're never going to use that I, I I I screwed that up right that was the take they used and it seemed and I'm and I at the time I ended up putting it on my reel you know the agents like hey we, we kind of put together a little you know a little reel sample thing yeah it was years ago and He's like, hey, I love that moment. And my agent's like, I love that moment with Jason where you're like, you're lying. You're lying. I'm like, yeah, that was kind of a mistake. You know what I mean? But I didn't stop. I just kind of just plow forward because a lot of times in the mistakes are, are the great moments. Exactly. Right. And we had to do that all the time where if we I'm sure. screwed up a spot or did certain things or just messed it up, we were able to cover it up. But also, I remember an interview. Because you can't stop. You can't tell the audience, Neil, like, oh, we're going to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we start over? And, and, and yeah. then, it's you know, live. Situation where you mess up something in an interview and you're just like, okay, well, I'll just go with the flow. They didn't know what I just did. Or I just said this and I was not a plan. Or I didn't expect that guest to say what they said. Okay, yeah. let's keep going with the flow. And yeah. that's yeah. the part of it, monitoring and adjusting and then performing. Because people aren't going to know those mistakes. Or, oh, my gosh. I just said about five ums and ahs. Oh, guess what? Everyone does that. I can't believe people yeah. that would go edit every um and ah. That's podcasting versus radio. Radio is just raw. Podcasting right. has to be perfect at times, which I don't agree with. I believe so you're, on most podcasts, they go back through and chip, chop, chip, chop. Yeah. You think is what you're Some saying? Are, yeah. Some do. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Like once, yeah. especially they're green in this business, they'll go pay somebody to do like seven hours of editing for one show. Seriously. Wow. But I feel like the ones that I listen to, like Mark Marin, WTF, stuff like that, I don't know how much he probably doesn't do that much editing. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. But but they've also done it for so long that they don't make some of the rookie mistakes because right. they've done it for a while, right? It's like right. we've done a thousand episodes. Okay, well, pretty much whatever I say is gonna stick because you've said it so many times. You've been in mm. so many episodes. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you know how to commit and you're like, I'm in. Like wherever we go is where we go. It's gonna be fun. And it's fine. Yeah. And I don't like to do things the same way twice. I kind of take the concept of like great musicians, jazz musicians, or like, you know, even someone like Jerry Garcia, Grateful Dead. Like you listen to that stuff and like Jerry never played the same song the same way twice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was okay. And then other times it's like blows your mind, but you're yeah. never going to get to the, the mind blowing until you just go for it and try stuff. And they only need one. So then they're just going to choose the best one that works the best. So why not? Don't lock it in, you know, just figure out what the, what's happening in the scene and then just kind of go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times the other actors rise to the occasion. And that was something about, Billy Bob also, he was the same way. Like, he's just like, Hey man, whatever, whatever we're doing, we're doing, don't worry about it. Say whatever you want. You know? And I'm like, okay. And he's one of the producers <laughs> on the show. I was like, great. That's pretty much what I do anyway. So, okay, here we go. <laughs> but he was kind of giving me the, Oh, go ahead. He was like, that's how I like to work anyway. Let's go. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Just, just feel it. So, yeah. so other than, other than Billy Bob, who are, you know, you've mentioned Victor, um, who are some other folks that, that you've really enjoyed being with in, in any show, but also, Maybe who's someone that you would love to act with or that you've always inspired, taken inspiration from? Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman was somebody that I really admired. Yeah. And it's unfortunate he's not around, but that was yeah. another guy that really committed, but was also super vulnerable and was able to kind of 
run the gamut of emotions and it all seemed super honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was, and he was funny. hundred percent. Yeah. He, he's one, one that I think, uh, I have a acquaintance, uh, John, John C. Riley, who I also feel the same way about. Oh, one of my all time favorites. The best. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good, man. And I've never worked with him, but we've done reading together and, uh, we have a lot of mutual friends and, um, I love his work. Um, you you know in that same group jack black and i went to ucla together and i, I love jack's work uh, just in terms of contemporaries um so y'all went to ucla together so y'all knew yeah. each other and everything yeah theater school yeah uh-huh. awesome. he's, a, he's a year older than me but yeah we we we've known each other from the very beginning yeah great guy I, and i'm I very good the... friends with his uh music partner uh kyle gas and tenacious yeah Tenacious. we played in a band together uh called Trainwreck and yeah, uh, he's a great dude. Yeah, I got good, to good I got to spend a I got to spend a whole night with Jack, and oh, yeah. uh, hanging out, oh. and then and then they they put on a concert for us and all that. So it was a uh, what was when the he occasion? was in, when he was in the movie Bernie. Yeah, um, great movie back in 2012 about about Bernie Tita. I so, saw it. Yeah, it's amazing. So so the day Bernie was arrested, he was he was my benefactor. So in the movie, when they talk about giving cars to people, I was one of them. And he was wow. going to pay for me to go to college. And, but, but the reality is he lived in this tiny two bedroom home and I lived in the other bedroom because, because you lived I was in the other bedroom of Bernie. Yeah. And, and like a 1200 square foot home, oh you my know, God. I didn't know the story. What's so that? Bernie was like a dad. Wow. Um, you do have so, a bit of a, of a Southern Bernie accent. Yeah. And we were both, in- we, we both sing and all that. So. Yeah, um, but, well, that was why Jack was so great for that part because Jack's a great singer, yeah. and I know Bernie sang or sings. Yeah, yeah. Is he still in jail? He's still in jail. He got he got life again. I've 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 been yeah. I was a character witness in both trials. And where, um, where is the story, Eric? Where the heck what? is this story? I didn't hear the story. And I've been <laughs> story I'm glad I brought up Jack Black. We, got the, we got the we got the the breaking story, Neil. Exactly, yeah. Eric. Why? Well, Neil, that's happening? why. Yeah, I, I referenced it when I said we got to get Matthew McConaughey with his new book because of my connection with Bernie. But yeah, Bernie, Bernie had asked if he could adopt me. So so that night that we had the big fundraiser, um, like we were the only my wife and I were the only two people in the room that knew Bernie. So Bernie's like, you know, at my hip all night. And then Jack comes and we start talking. So there's there's few hundred people in the room. Of course, Rick Linkletter put it on. And yeah. uh and for a solid 10, 15 minutes, it's just Jack and my wife, Catherine, and I. And we're just talking. And, I mean, we had a great time. But Wow, yeah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Really? Sweet guy. And, and he's was the great same in the one movie. all over, you know. Yeah. Uh, you what know, do you mean, like his personality? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's not, like, totally like that, you know, in the day-to-day. But I think, you know, he was probably – it was a fundraiser, and, you know, people were paying yeah. to – wasn't it a fundraiser for Bernie or – or it was yeah, just it was, a premier, a, it was like a thousand dollar a plate dinner. Type yes, deal. I remember this. I remember this. Uh, I remember him talking about it. Well, it was a great movie, and look at that, Neil. Breaking story. Breaking exactly. Well, Breaking story. Story's my co-host, and I work with him for so long. He doesn't tell that story. <laughs> I can't find it somewhere. That's an interview. I was able to. I was able to mine for gold, yeah, Neil. Exactly. <laughs> well, you got the podcasting mic. So, do you have a podcast? you uh no but i do i do a lot of uh voiceover work and um and interviews uh i was actually gifted this microphone by blue uh the blue uh yeti yeah the the folks that sent me this so um a little love to them thank you beautiful mic as it is and I sound, how do I sound? Yeah. Yeah. No, I use it all the time. I use it even for like parent teacher conferences, you know, for my kids and the, the, you know, the teachers are like, Oh, nice microphone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Probably a little excessive, but a little overkill for a parent teacher conference. But yeah, yeah, It's improved. Yeti has improved from the days 10 years ago. And I the snowball when I'm going to yeah. jump on when I'm going to do zooms. Cause I have two studios now, one and my mom's because of the pandemic. And then my house, I'm going to start, doing night shows again with another podcaster that wanted to collaborate with me, but we're going to be doing 11 o'clock at night. And I said, no, no, if we're going to go this route and we're going to do this, I'm going to do this right and increase it even more. Like I got on my comfort zone, decide to put myself on camera. Eric remembers he met me. I never want to put myself on camera ever. 
and I look good. You got a nice jacket on. Look at you. Leaps and bounds. Well, my uh, one of the one of my other people, they so I'm getting used to it now. But uh, you gotta love the uh, the fake green screen and all that. So yeah, what is that's a that's a that's a zoom screen, huh? Yeah, that's that's not your background. No. Yeah, well, I this my bad. This is also fake. This is not really. This is California. <laughs> the sound. Ca- I just clicked on California. Yeah, I'm in my ba- I'm in my mom's basement. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyle and I may do a podcast. We've been kind of throwing that around, but you know, I do I do a lot of them, and it's just not. I don't. I like I, on my Instagram. We've done some fun, like uh, during the pandemic. Kyle Gas and I have done some really fun little kind of short films that we. Uh, yeah that we really enjoy via via kind of uh uh you know we're both in the pandemic so we kind of are both in our own separate places so people could check those out on my kevin wiseman instagram or youtube channel but yeah i I just feel like the podcast uh i listen to a ton of podcasts but i feel like um you know i'm not sure that it's my milieu and and there, it seems a little bit log jammed. There seems to be a lot of podcasts. I agree, but again, this is the greatest uh, platform. Blogs. There's billions of blogs, but there's only still millions of podcasts. There's, right. Anyone that's out there that wants to do a podcast, you have an opportunity if you find the right niche and right situation. And yeah. I don't consider myself a podcaster. I consider myself a radio guy because that's where I started in radio. Even started back 15 plus years ago producing and co-hosting a wrestling radio talk show so i nice. grew up in that end but i really respect podcasters a lot me more, too yeah and more and more celebrities yeah. are doing it and i think it just tells a story and it's so interesting and it's it's, it's just an opportunity for people to have their own voice so i i, I commend anyone yeah and i think the more authentic people are you know the more traction that they get you know so it you really like you said niche or authenticity or something and i feel that way about what I do for a living too is like, you know, the camera doesn't lie. The microphone doesn't lie. <laughs> like, you know, like you can try to BS in front of a camera, you know, you can try your tricks and your things, but like, it's going to run pretty hollow after a while. And I, I've been there when I can't quite get there in a super honest way. I'll just kind of go to the old bag of tricks and it just doesn't, it's not, it doesn't right. ring as true. So like, I, I, I really just try to be as honest as possible in every moment, which has taught me to do that in my life too. It all, it all kind of goes back to that idea, you know, whether it's yoga, meditation, you know, that improvisation in music, which I love or acting or podcasting. It's like, how genuine can I be? And I'm still working on it, you know, therapy, whatever it is, just trying to strip away as much as possible to get to something where people respond to it. And I think I was so young when I did Marshall, it was like, I just kind of went for it, not even knowing really that I would have such an impact. And then once it did, it like took me a second to kind of almost have the, 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 um, cause, cause people want people are like, Oh, you're so good at that. You're so funny. It's like, Oh, well now I have to do that again. <laughs> And then there's pressure and then you find yourself go, try do going to the tricks. Right. You know what I mean? Because you're like, Oh, I got to repeat that. <laughs> it's like, no, just go just. So I just forced myself. No, go back to honesty. And at the end of the day, you'll be happy with what you did. Who cares what people think? Exactly. Yeah. The next question. You have so many questions. It's so great that Kevin's spent so much time with us and it's awesome. Yeah, so Eric, yeah I do. Ha- I do have a limited time though. What, how, what, how much time we're are we going to go? Now, Kevin, we're almost. Okay. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Okay. What's so the, yeah, we'll, we we'll wrap it up here. Um, before we do though, I want to just really quickly hit. Um, so you were in, you were in blacklist, which is one of my favorite shows. You're also in Scorpion, and mm-hmm. Walter O'Brien's a, a personal friend of mine. Would oh, wow. love to. Um, you you know, know everybody. Well, I got to I got to meet him at, at Carnegie Hall last year. I was speaking there, and wow. he was speaking, and he's and then we've just became friends. So now we you know we message on and we had a handful of conversations. But obviously, brilliant dude. Yeah. Can you can you tell me a little bit about that experience and? Yeah, uh, he brought up about O'Brien. He was on my TV show about seven years ago. So. About really? wrestling? Yeah. 
no, no, no. About um, about Scorpion when it first launched. Yeah. So, no, no. I mean, what was your show? Your show was oh, like no, a, it was uh, it was a TV. I have a TV station too. Uh, that's this is on me on TV as well on uh, Pittsburgh Station Channel Seven. And oh, he wow. called in because we weren't having cameras at that time. And he called right. in when I was doing call him when I would go to the studio. But it's a fifty-minute drive back and forth, and it was such a pain. And I got so busy with all these different projects. Now I just send it into the station. So it's nice. I wish you would have told me it was on TV. I would have got my, my would have had a better background or whatever. About no worries. You, know, <laughs> you got the LA, you got the authentic LA. We, we got it. authentic LA we all day today. The whole cuts, scenes, everything. The mask, you've given us everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's very highly entertaining. You see, I stay in the moment, my friend. I stay in the moment. I really do. That's how I try to live my life. You know, and that's the secret to performing um, is just being in the moment. And that's something that, Elias Gabel, who played Walter O'Brien, really did very well. Yeah. And I respect him as an actor tremendously. Um, uh, uh, you know, I did not ever meet Walter, but I was brought into that show to kind of, I did about 16, 17 episodes, and I was brought into the show to give that character a friendship. He was so kind of focused on the team and for people that haven't seen the show, it was about this guy, Walter O'Brien, when he was like, what, age 13 nine or something, 13. Yeah. Yeah. He broke into NASA, uh, he's a genius, <laughs> and then they ended up hiring him to kind of run this organization. Right, right. I mean, right. To help with, you know, uh, uh, certain aspects of the government, whether it's uh, weather patterns, farming, uh, science, right? Uh, I don't even yeah. know what else he did. Like, he just, he formed a task force to yeah. kind of help. He with, caught the Boston bombers, those two brothers with the-, he, with the Yeah, I know who they are. He was, was involved him. in, oh, wow. That was him. Yeah, he, he there you go. He the traffic cams and all that and automation and they tracked them down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, thank God for those guys. Yeah, so he, I'm sure Donald Trump got rid of all of them. Hey, let's not get political. So, um, uh, so anyway, the uh, the uh, sorry, there's a plane going over. Hold for plane. Uh, they wanted my security, you guys. That's my security. I have them circle around every half hour just to make sure that I'm safe. Um, and that I'm wearing my mask. So right. he was, uh, <laughs> he was, you know, uh, uh, insulated with the group of people that worked on um, the, uh, uh, sorry, one second, I'm getting a, a text. Uh, so sorry. He was, uh, Sorry, guys. Um, so, yeah, he, he was he was kind of with that group of people and they wanted him to have somebody that was outside the genius uh, enclave. And so they created this character of Ray. Communities and he's kind of this, you know, Phil Jackson of platitudes and, you know, Zen master, but also kind of an oddball. And yeah. they form this, you know, unlikely odd couple friendship. And uh, and then Elias and I in, in, in life also did as well because we kind of shared the same love of theater. And, you know, that, that was a that was a really fun show where the, the creator of the show, Nick Centaur, brought me in to kind of do my thing. And he was like, you know, go ahead, improvise, kind of just just try to get a reaction out of out of Elias's character, out of Walter. You know, you're there to kind of bring some new life into this character. Yeah. So we have another perspective we can see this other side of uh, walter not just the brain side but like trying to be human you know and trying to have a not human but try, trying to have a, a seeing this side of empathy towards someone who you know perhaps isn't as smart as he is um so uh so we had a lot of fun man and that that was a really that was a fun show and that's one of those shows that like is world renowned <laughs> like i'll have messages on social media all the time from Poland, you know, Mexico, Argentina, Ireland, like the show is universally uh, watched as opposed to maybe as much in the States where some shows are more kind of US based. Right. Same with the blacklist. You know, I only did like maybe four episodes of the blacklist played a 
uh, a friend of mine, a couple of people from Alias right on that show. And they were like, Hey, do you want to come in and play a, um, what was the guy, but an ME a medical examiner that, um, yeah. Isn't there like, it's kind of similar to Marshall, but would you be interested in playing? I was like, yeah, I'd love to work on that show. Great. James Bader. Yeah. I never got to work with James, but like phenomenal show. I would love to. And then we actually, they named it after a friend of mine, Dr. Maynard and Jeff yeah. Maynard is a, is a friend of ours from college. So he, uh, oh, he got a little shout out. <laughs> he got his name on TV. What's very, I'm job. one more time. Harry Lennox was on my show yesterday. I mean, Harold, Harold Lennox, uh, Oh yeah, the great yeah, he's great on the show, man. What a great actor! I did, yeah, I worked with NBC yesterday. I do tours with them on a regular basis. NBC. Wow. Like, well, oh. I'm know. so glad I did this. You guys are so prolific. No, thanks. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to Eric's final legacy question. Go ahead, Eric. Hit him with a legacy. Question. Lay it on me. All right. So, Kevin, I've heard all kinds of stuff from you today, right? So you, you know, you, you use your webcam to to do things with your kids. You know, with the teacher parent teacher deal. Um, you know, you you've got a lot of wisdom as far as just committing and, and excellence in what you do. Uh, so one of the questions we, we always like to ask as we're talking about living a legacy, not just leaving one behind, but, but how are we living out our legacy today? How are we using our influence to impact the world around us? So my question for you would be, how do you want to be remembered? You know, uh, you mean, how do I want to be remembered? Uh, and I any just someone rant. who's authentic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just someone who, you know, was authentic and uh, lived his life with authenticity and maybe a good listener. I think that's important uh, for acting to when people ask you, Hey, what's the key yeah. to that? You just listen, man. You know, <laughs> like, listen, um, don't get caught up in your head. And I try to apply that to my relationships with, my children and, you know, uh, you know, relationships, any relationship, uh, right. parents, you know, whether significant other. So a good listener, authentic, and maybe made you laugh a little, you know, and laughter well, is the best medicine, my friend. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. You know, and may, and, and, uh, uh, you know, I try to, I, I'm, you know, on, on the board of a number of charities and that's something that's important to me too. So hopefully someone who, cared it was tried to get back a little too Fantastic. yeah yeah there's a great one there's since we have the time there's a great something i've been involved with recently called uh, save the children and no kid hungry i encourage you to check them out at save the children on instagram and at no kid hungry uh, especially during the pandemic they are working towards making sure every kid is fed those who relied on school lunch programs um oh absolutely many other things, but they're a great organization. The money goes directly to the kids. Uh, there's not a lot of red tape. So uh, anyone that, that suffered through me yapping away about being authentic, go ahead and check out Save the Children and No Kid Hungry. I would appreciate it. All right. Absolutely. And where can we, where can we connect with you best place social media wise? Uh, yeah, I'll at Kevin Wiseman on Twitter, Instagram. I also have a Facebook page, uh, you know, pro page, uh, which I think is just Kevin Wiseman. And um yeah, say hi. I'm 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 pretty active on, on there with messages and stuff. I try to be. All right, awesome, well, we man. appreciate you coming by, and uh, this was an interesting. So I'm gonna, I'm right, give a little time, but I'll uh, I'll say, yeah, man. Yeah, nice right. to meet you guys. All right, oh guys, okay, so guys, that was living a legacy, and take care, everybody. All right, all right. Can you do a quick promo, real quick, Kevin? Just yeah, yeah, sure. You're listening to living a legacy. Uh, this is this is Kevin Wiseman, and you're listening to Living a Legacy. And just speak for just a second, so the camera goes on you before yeah, you. I'm gonna put myself. Okay. I'm gonna put myself. Okay, ready? Give me the thumbs up. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Hey, this is Kevin Wiseman, and you are listening to Living a Legacy. Don't change that dial. Do people still use dials anymore? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we good? That was perfect. We, we appreciate right, you, guys. you taking the time. I apologize all the different hiccups. But we made it happen, and that's all. Dude, that if this is the worst thing that happens today in a national crisis, uh, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, thanks. Uh, listen, look at me, man. I'm sitting in the sun right now. How can it be worse? You're living in this L.A. Great. There you go. There you go. All right, you guys. Take all care right. now. Right, let me know. Let me know when this is on or whatever. I will. Uh, I'll promote it. Send me a message. You know, with the link or Jason, yeah. you know, my assistant. Like we'll we'll put it. 
we'll put it on our things too, or like repost it or whatever. Appreciate yeah, I'll, I'll, on the uh, the podcast, we'll I'll tag you on it. Okay. Once when we, will it be? Uh, living when is it going to be? We're going to do some editing. It'll go out to TV first. Then he'll then he'll launch it in podcasting. I'll put it out in syndication, but he'll be the one that gives you the promotion to go share it everywhere else. Okay. But I'll, I'll yeah. Updates and links and everything everywhere to your team. Okay. All right, guys. Take care now. Be safe. All right. Thanks, thanks Kevin. Kevin. See, you, see you, Eric. Take care, guys. See you. Yeah, right, bye. bye. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program John O'Hurley and David Fry of the National Dog Show. Guys, thanks for calling. How are you? Well, nice to talk with you once again. Great. Yeah, it is great to talk to both of you. Now, John, tell me how it's going to be a little different. Uh, we've talked about little differences. We've talked about when we've done uh, other promotions of the other dog shows. And last year, how's it going to be different this year? How did you guys go out about the filming of this year's show? Well, I want to say hats off to NBC for committing to do this this year so that we can still continue our pattern of normalcy and bringing something as enjoyable as the National Dog Show to a Thanksgiving tradition now in our 19th year. This year, however, uh, we are going to have a few dogs less. Uh, uh, but that doesn't mean the competition isn't going to be steeper because this year to be considered for the show this year, you had to have been a breed champion. So we're going to have between five and 600 of the best dogs that we've ever put in front of a camera. So we're actually very excited about the level of competition. Now, uh, also the several protocols to, to keep in place. We're unmasking our, uh, our handlers and our judges. Uh, we have no audience. We have cardboard cutouts. But to be a cardboard cutout, you had to have made a significant contribution <laughs> to a pet-oriented charity. So we're very proud about that. Um, and aside from that, David and I are going to be actually co-hosting it from our homes. So this will be the first time in the 19-year history that we actually get to enjoy Thanksgiving dinner with our families. Well, so that's a that's a nice blessing. Now, David, David. Uh, so this is different process. You've done it for so many years and now you're going to do it virtually. How about that? It's exciting. I mean, with the new normal, I'd rather be there in person, of course, but to be able to continue to do it and still bring our, our dog show friends together uh, who have, you know, their family involvement in what's going on. And some of them, of course, are professional handlers. So it's nice that we can help provide some impetus to continue to have this dog show. So, that's fun. And, and it's on a great family holiday as always. Um, we say dogs until two, and then we'll give the, we'll give the remote to uh, all you Steelers fans, those undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh my God. Plus the Steelers are the game of the night on Thursday night on NBC. So uh, that makes it a, a win-win situation for everybody there in Western Pennsylvania. Hey, I love hearing that. That's right. Here we go. Steelers. Uh, will it end? Well, when will the, uh, first loss happen. Uh, John, do you think they're going to go undefeated? I don't know. It's, you know, everybody says that every year and they, you know, the Patriots, they hoped we're going to be blessed with being undefeated, but 
something just uh, there's just something about trying to go undefeated it's just difficult to do four quarters without somebody else getting in there and surprising you thanks guys for stopping by that that, that's that's that i love that enthusiasm so take care guys appreciate and have a nice thanksgiving take care all right see you guys okay bye-bye thank you you're welcome bye-bye you listen to neil haley's show and we'll be back in just a moment celebrity slots free spin free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.